who's a professor of psychology at New York University, frequent contributor to the Wall Street Journal, and the author of Jerks at Work. Uh, okay, there is an interesting title. Now, um, Jerks at Work, with the first question, I have a number of questions for you, but one was, how did the COVID-19 figure in this? Is this, is this a factor or what? Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, we've all been dealing with jerks at work our whole lives. I think the way that people have been jerks has really changed and the ways in which we uh, allow people to be jerks has changed. So I'll give you a few examples. One of the types of jerks I talk about in my book, the bulldozer takes over meetings and takes over agendas. And if you think about what it looks like to have a Zoom meeting, what these folks can now do is, is literally dominate your screen. So they're the only person um, that anyone sees when they talk over others. It can be very hard to be heard in these kinds of social situations when one person, via the technology that we use, is able to kind of take things over. And so lots of the jerks that we deal with have really found clever ways of utilizing our new technologies and our new ways of communicating to actually increase their, their you know, jerky behavior at work. Um, you know, the other problem that we have is lots of folks feel like there aren't real working hours anymore. They, they're supposed to work all the time without a clear schedule because they're not in the office. And so people like micromanagers really take advantage of this by micromanaging, not just from nine to five, but 24 seven, because there's this kind of fuzzy boundary between home hours and work hours. So I'd say like, yes, it's still a problem. People have learned new ways of being jerks and they've also figured out ways of um, not getting caught because we simply don't see each other and talk to each other as much as we used to. We're talking with Tessa West, author of Jerks at Work. And, you know, Tessa, I'm thinking there have always been, and I think you just said this, uh, but the technology has made it a little more, uh, you know, unbearable, I guess. But there have always been jerks at work. Um, you know, isn't this human nature? I mean, you're going to have different personalities no matter where you go. Isn't that a possibility? It is human nature. Um, it's absolutely normal and natural to um, deal with difficult people and to also be difficult yourself. I think kind of one thing that we all need to realize is we can, we all have an inner jerk within us. We can be difficult to work with at work, especially if we're really stressed or we feel like we're not getting good resources and so forth. But what I think people underestimate is how dealing with low level conflict day in and day out actually affects their health and well-being and their productivity at work. So most of us tell ourselves, this is just life. You have to deal with difficult people at work. You know, we don't get to pick these people. This is normal. I'm just going to suck it up and figure out how to make it work. But what we find is that over time, that low level stress really builds up in the body. It, you know, it affects everything from your blood pressure and, you know, your heart rate to your diet and your sleep and your relationships at home and so forth. So it behooves us to learn a couple of strategies to kind of nip these things in the bud early before they really get out of control and stress us out enough to make us kind of want to disengage and hide from people at work. Um, and that's, we're talking with Tessa West, author of Jerks at Work. And Tessa, you got some nice publicity here in the New York Times earlier this month, a great big Sunday article, no more working for jerks. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and um, a great big shoe on the, on the cover there. I, I picked that one out. But I think one of the points it makes in that article, and I think we should make it to our listeners, is what you have isn't just a diatribe against uh, awkward people and, and, and you know, sort of uh, irritating personalities, but rather a strategy. And I think you just alluded to it. Uh, things you can do um, to, to kind of 
get your own two cents in there and, and also not be taken for, for granted or for, you know, as you said, a micromanager might make you work 24 seven. So there are tips in here to use, which are basic business tips, right? Aren't they? Yeah, absolutely. And I think the tips I provide are really meant to work for anyone, no matter what your job is. So if you're a hairdresser or a CEO, the same basic principles apply because I think that our relationships are not actually that different in kind. You know, there's only so many ways to skin a cat, so to speak, when it comes to dealing with things like someone taking over or not giving you space. Um, and in fact, I'd say a lot of the tips are actually drawn from relationship science on what works to manage conflict in a marriage. So we've all learned that you can't, you know, walk up to your spouse and spell out all of their flaws in excruciating detail. That's not going to work. It doesn't work at work either. Um, so some of the basic strategies are all about how to kind of prevent these negative patterns of communication where people get defensive or they stonewall you. You don't really get anywhere. Um, kind of simple, basic strategies that work in all of our types of relationships. Now, um, one of the things that's going on, and again, it's, it's probably COVID related or, or at least that point has been made, where people are leaving jobs in large numbers. We, we saw like a 4.5 million figure uh, earlier last year, uh, late, in, late in the year. Um, so is this awareness now coming that, hey, I'm not going to, you know, the old uh, movie line, I'm not going to take it anymore yep. and, and move on? Absolutely. So when the Great Resignation started, lots of people thought it had to do with um, work flexibility. So, you know, people wanted to be able to work from home. They didn't want to go back to work and also compensation. But a new study just came out showing that the reason why people leave or kind of the number one reason why they leave is because of a toxic workplace. That explains 10 times, um, you know, the variance of why people leave workplace compared to compensation and flexibility. So this, we're not going to take this anymore. It's definitely in the air right now. People are tired of dealing with it. They're also feeling overloaded from, you know, just the pandemic and having kids at home and things like that. And the last thing they want is additional workplace stress when they have options. They cannot work for that kind of a culture. Um, I'd also say that it used to be the case that if our immediate boss was fine, we didn't really care that much about the toxicity of the workplace or what the CEO was doing, but that's changed a lot where people want the whole company to have a good positive culture and they become very disenfranchised with organizations where the CEO is a, a nasty or firing people in mass or has, you know, um, done really awful things. So they're also leaving workplaces when the top is very poisonous, even if it's not directly affecting their day to day. Talking with Tessa West, author of Jerks of Work, and, um, and I don't know that people have the, the book in front of them, but I, I have to tell you, because I, I see a lot of these books as, they, uh, as, as we review them, and um, they use a staple remover on the cover. <laughs> and I don't know who came up with that, but it's like... Oh, you know, it looks like a little shark there or something. And then I read, I think in that New York Times article, that one of the uh, CEOs or something actually threw staplers, a full stapler, not a staple remover, at some employees. You know, this yeah, is what triggered... you, know, you hear these horrific stories of um, people throwing objects and, you know, or firing people, you know, 900 people in one Zoom call. Yeah. And you think these things are super rare, but it turns out they're, they're less rare than we would hope. Um, yeah, the staple remover. 
I was a little worried that uh, people wouldn't know what that was. <laughs> that it, yeah, that it's it, kind of old technology a little bit. Yeah, it's old school for sure. <laughs> but it, it makes its point. Tessa, one more thing, and I'll let you go here because uh, uh, you, you need to tell the world about all these jerks. Um, is, there a, is there a point, and maybe you put, touch on it in your book, um, is there a point that, you know, when you try these things, you try the strategies, and maybe you're not making it, is that time to go? Um, or what do you say to somebody who says, hey, I looked at this and I tried this, but it doesn't seem to be working? Yeah, that's a great question. In fact, the next book I write, I want to be about breaking <laughs> up with people at work. Uh, you know, there are certainly types of jerks that you just, my strategies are about how to avoid them or to like sort of back out of those relationships. So for example, the gaslighter, you don't want to fix that. They are motivated to lie to you on a, on a very grand scale and to isolate you from your victims. So the strategies are all about how to break up with that person. And the same can be true for people like credit stealers. So absolutely. I mean, at some point you do need to exit out of these relationships, but you want to do it in a way that preserves your reputation and also your reputation, you know, with the bosses and with other potential employees. So kind of burning down the house is usually not the best strategy, <laughs> but you can kind of back out of these relationships. When things yeah, we'll look forward to that next book, Tessa. Uh, Thank you. you. Know, on your way out the door kind of thing. Well, let's we'll, we'll see what kind of clever thing you come up with on the cover there. All right. <laughs> Thank you, Tessa West, uh, you. author of Jerks at Work. Very good. Take care now.